Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Well, good afternoon and welcome to News and Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We want to bring you a word of encouragement. You may have been discouraged as you've seen the election results and you're saying to yourself, this doesn't make sense. There looks like there's foul play, election and voter fraud that's taken place in other states. And indeed there has. And there's multiple lawsuits that are uh, flying all across the country. We're talking in lawsuits in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona. These are critical election lawsuits by the Trump campaign, and they are basically uh, leveraging all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, you may be watching some of the major media, CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN. Look, folks, even Fox News. These folks are not telling you the truth, and we're going to be telling you the truth today. In fact, we're talking about censorship on this program over the last couple of weeks. But look, if you're paying attention, you know that it's taking place. You know that you've been duped. Uh, I've been duped by the major media. If I turn on the radio and I hear the top of the hour on some of the other secular stations uh, outside of the network you're listening to now, you'll hear some things about it's so degenerating about President Trump over the last four years. This is a man who has stood for religious liberty, stood for the unborn, stood for the state of Israel, stood for uh, American forces serving overseas, not to get us in far-flung uh, worldwide wars and, and uh, sending our troops around the world for needless battles. Uh, this is a man who cares for America. This is a man that has been uh, ridiculed and uh, basically driven down by uh, national media constantly. If it wasn't Russia, 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 if it wasn't uh, uh, all the different things, the impeachment trial, all these kinds of things with Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, and then obviously to see on the other side of the aisle the real corruption that's gone on and uh, the sellout to China, uh, the sellout of our American interests with the Bidens. Look, folks, I'm, we're going to tell you the straight news of what's going on here, and the republic is at stake. This isn't like, let's get past this, let's get to the inauguration, we'll move on, we'll, we'll win next time. Folks, if you don't fight now, there won't be a next time. You are watching your republic literally evaporate in front of your eyes if you allow it to happen. You say, well, I live in Ohio, what can I do? First of all, you can pray, and I know that many of you are praying and fasting. And the Christian church in America is fasting and praying. You know, we can see that our Christian brothers and sisters around the world are facing terrible situations in which they are being killed in their own villages and towns by Islamic extremists. Who is the only white hat in the whole world is the United States of America? Who works with other nations to spread religious liberty against intolerance and bigotry? The United States of America. What's at stake? The United States of America in this election. If we allow election fraud... Uh, to take place that's happening with these computer systems of dominion, uh, election nearing, uh, switching votes from uh, President Trump to, uh, to uh, Joe Biden, if we allow that to stand by this high-tech fraud that's taken place, folks, we lose the republic. Our founders foresaw this type of thing happening. And you know, nothing's new under the sun, as Solomon said 
in, in the Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. There has been election fraud in the past. There has uh, been Senate seats that have been stolen. Even a presidency suggested that in the past has been stolen by election fraud. But nothing at this level ever in our history. Well, right now as we speak, there is a large rally taking place in Georgia. And Lynn Wood, he's an attorney who's working on this case of election fraud, along with Sidney Powell. Uh, and they have a large rally down in Georgia. And, of course, a runoff is there, and the determination of that runoff will determine who controls the U.S. Senate uh, come January. Let's go to a little clip of that rally right now. We're going to fight for this country, and we're going to hold the line like America has held the line in every war we've ever been in. Georgia is the battleground state. It's Georgia. Hold the line. 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 Peace out, America. That is uh, State Representative Vernon Jones. And he serves there in Georgia. He's with on stage with uh, Sidney Powell and with Lynn Wood. And there's a large gathering there, as you can hear. And I'm telling you, folks, your fellow Americans are not sitting down. There's large rallies planned, I believe one for this weekend and another one on the 12th. And that's when the certification has to be, uh, take place on the 14th of all the electorals. You're watching in major media. You're being told, folks. You're being told, oh, it's done. It's a fait complete. Joe Biden won. No, it's fraudulent. There's 73 million Americans of which you are part of who voted for the other candidate, President Donald Trump. You're not buying it, and neither are we. With me on the phone is OCA board member Al Davis, a patriotic pastor. I would really put him... Uh, as one of the patriots of old, and he uh, served this country in the United States Air Force. He understands what's going on, and we had a conversation this morning, and he kind of walked me through uh, the Constitution of the United States. It's funny how you don't hear about that, because it's not just a simple democracy in this in this country, folks, and let me get that straight to you. That's right. You may have learned wrong. It is a representative republic, and so the legislatures have to certify those electors for their state, and if they don't, well, then those election, election votes do not go for that candidate, and that's what's unfolding. On this other level is the U.S. Supreme Court can weigh in and throw out some of these fraudulent ballots in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Arizona. The battle is on. People are out there. The major media is blacking it out. Think about it, folks. We're living at a time when our major media in this country is blacking out the information we're telling you right now. These large events are taking place, and we're finding out about them on Newsmax TV. I've switched. I've left Fox. I don't watch it anymore. I'm watching Newsmax TV. I'm watching One News Now, uh, One American News Now. We have to watch that online because uh, the local cable companies don't pick it up. I go to Canoes to get like the uh, uh, clearinghouse of articles for the day, and then Parler is the switch-off from Twitter, and there's free speech, and we're following Dan Bongino, Dinesh D'Souza, uh, so many other conservatives, Lynn Wood, and Sidney Powell. We're getting information. Look, we're finding out that Microsoft took down the website, and YouTube, <coughs> excuse me, blocked the video today for a short time, and they had to reroute around the Internet just to get their message out of that large rally because even Fox News isn't carrying it, folks. What does that tell you? Fox News has lost half of its audience in the last month, 
And today is December the 2nd. Uh, you're hearing this on December 3rd, maybe on December the 5th. It's been one month since the election, and it's not over, is it, Pastor Al? Absolutely not, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, our founding fathers did anticipate problems in elections. They anticipated that uh, perhaps there could come a time when the election would not be clear, uh, whether by fraud or miscounting or, or, or whatever the reason, and they provided for it. Uh, there were problems in the election of 1796 for president and also in 1800, and as a result, they enacted the 12th Amendment. And the 12th Amendment, uh, while regulating what happens at the Electoral College, has something that a lot of people have not noticed or appreciated. What happens, Chris, if nobody gets a majority at the Electoral College? They need 270 for the majority. What happens if nobody gets that? Well, there's an, there's a process through the Constitution, and I want you to walk us through that, because it's right, very interesting. Right. I think a lot of people just don't know what happens, because in their lifetime, there's always an election. The electors are then certified here in Ohio. Uh, you saw in the news where Secretary of State Frank LaRose certified the election. Governor Mike DeWine, there was a picture of him signing it. Uh, those electors will go on uh, certifying the election uh, to Congress. Uh, but that Ohio went for Trump by eight points. Florida went for uh, Trump by a large margin. Uh, now it's these other states where the polling locations or the count stopped in the middle of the night. They sent mm -hmm. people home. Smaller groups of people stayed. Then there was large spikes of votes for Joe Biden. And people were like, what in the world is happening? And they're using an electronic system called Dominion Systems. This has already been under scrutiny, and their servers are outside the United States. You know, Pastor Al, that information alone says that that's foreign interference. Our founders would said, no good, can't have those votes. They've already been corrupted, and they've been compromised by foreign actors. Your thoughts? Absolutely, and, and that gets to my point. If they cannot get the majority of the electoral votes uh, when the Electoral College meets and casts their votes, then what do we do? Well, it goes to the Congress in 1824 in the presidential election between John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson. Neither candidate was able to get enough electoral votes. And so it went to the Congress. And this is this is the interesting thing. The 12th Amendment says uh, it says this, that if no person has such majority then from the person's, oh, let me drop down here for time's sake, um, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president, okay? Now, how do they do that? Well, the Constitution, uh, 12th Amendment, says this, but in choosing the president, the vote shall be taken by states, the representation from each state having one vote. A quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members of, from two-thirds of the states, and a majority of the states shall be necessary to a choice. Now, what this is saying is that if they cannot have 270 votes uh, for either candidate, and, and or if the election results are thrown out nationwide, just as considered too unreliable, uh, corrupted, uh, manipulated, and it goes to the House, when the House meets in January, I believe it would be January 6th, each state delegation 
gets one vote. People say, well, if the House is led by the Democrats, then they would elect Biden. Well, that's not quite the case. Remember, each state gets one vote. The one Republican representative in the state of Wyoming, his vote would count the same as the combined votes of dozens of representatives in New York State of Democrats. The one Republican representative in Montana, his one vote would be the same as the combined votes of dozens of Democrats from the state of California. And in that scenario, it is believed that the Republicans, because most state delegations are actually dominated by Republicans, and they would actually win the uh, vote. In other words, Donald Trump would be reelected by the United States House, led by Nancy Pelosi. There's a site I'd like to see. And then immediately, <laughs> the vice, <laughs> immediately the vice president leading the Senate would oversee a Senate vote for vice president. This is all in the 12th Amendment. I encourage people to look this up. That's right. And folks, what you're hearing, and, and thank you for the explanation, Pastor Al, very astute on this, and I commend you, and that, folks, you didn't hear, he didn't mention the courts. This is separate from the courts. This is the state legislators. That's why you see Rudy Giuliani, representative attorney for the Trump campaign and his team, going before state legislators right now in states like Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and you're seeing these hearings before their state legislatures, and they're presenting detailed evidence of voter fraud. Then in Michigan, for instance, six hours was the hearing, Pastor Al, person after person, eyewitness reports, sworn affidavits. What's a sworn affidavit? That's where I swear to attest that what I'm telling you is the truth against perjury, in threat of perjury if I'm lying, that I can be prosecuted for perjury. These are people willing to come forward, six hours of them in Michigan. Eyewitness reports of election fraud in the state of Michigan alone. The detailed reports coming out of Arizona, that and the expert that was there with the election systems, Dominion election systems. By the way, folks, we don't have that here in Ohio, but they had it in key states like Georgia and Arizona and in Pennsylvania with some other shenanigans. Look, folks, go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and I never long, no longer say Google. I say just search engine it. Uh, we've also encouraged you to go to DuckDuckGo, which they don't track you. It, you'll get a free listing of uh, sources of what you're looking for without Google saying, oh, well, we think you should look at this instead. And uh, so don't go there, the biasness of the – we're going to blow it up, Pastor Al. I believe 73 million Americans are going to start changing everything. There's going to be – you know, we said that COVID-19 was a reset. Oh, wow. 2020 is being a reset, all right. Fox News, folks, lost half of its audience. It's imploding. People aren't watching it anymore. They have fallen in the ratings below lowly CNN and uh, other uh, MSNBC in the ratings. They kept that high standard of number one cable news for 20 years straight, and it's all fallen apart because they turned on the American people when they turned on President Trump and then started liberalizing their channel People left them in droves, Pastor Al. But again, I go back to these hearings. You can find them at our website. Just go to Ohio Christian Alliance and check out on the front page. You click on that, and those is where that is where you can get the hearings, because we put the links up on our website, and I'm looking at them right now. So again, just uh, search Ohio Christian Alliance or go to ohioca.org, 
And then uh, we're also going to put a list of suggested media links so where you can keep in your favorites on your search bar, on your desk, uh, desktop computer. Also, Newsmax, you can find that on your uh, satellite or dish uh, or uh, you know uh, satellite uh, cable network. And then you can make that as one of your favorites and go to New- Newsmax TV. I think you will be surprised at the coverage that you hear on these alternative news sites. You'll be getting the real news, and you'll be saying, you'll be like a, a thirsty man or woman coming to a, a brook of water, and you'll saying, why have I not been hearing this? Isn't that true, Al? Isn't that what's been going on when you go to some of these new news sources? you say, finally, somebody telling the truth. Your thoughts? You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the, the idea of being able to find out what's happening is so vital, so vital. Even, even the salt, uh, in the Proverbs, it said in Proverbs 25, 25, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. That's right. And when you're going to some of these sites, we are getting good news. We're getting news that shows a path forward for a uh, Trump uh, uh, presidency four more years, and uh, we're seeing a path forward for constitutional law. Uh, you're not seeing that on some of these other uh, news outlets, are you? No, we're not. In fact, uh, you're hearing things like, well, just get on with it. Just accept it. What, accept the lie? Accept fraud? Accept the end of the republic? I'm sorry. Not in your life am I going to do that. As a, a patriotic Christian, I'm taking a stand. And folks, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you do the same thing. You know, each week we come to you on this broadcast channel, and that's why we're doing it. Why do we keep this going all these years now, News in Focus? Because the Christian church needs to know the truth. And as you've known over the years, that's what we've done. We've given you the straight skinny right to the truth, and we've encouraged you. We're out on some social media platforms. We're getting off of some. We're leaving Twitter. We've gone to Parler. Uh, we're on Facebook now, but we're going to be leaving that probably to MeWe or one of these other platforms uh, so that we can have free discourse. You know, anything, folks, I post up on the election on Facebook, it gets tagged. It gets screened. Uh, this information has not been verified. Who are these people? It's like 1984. It's like the Thought Police, Pastor Al. This is scary stuff. You're right. And yep. uh, the fact checkers oftentimes are completely wrong themselves, but you have no recourse. My son, we were uh, communicating back and forth. He's, he's a, an Army veteran. You know, he's a patriot of this country. And he said, they just blocked my account. They just, I can't do anything. I can't post up or doing anything. And, folks, all he was doing was sharing information. Isn't it funny how people on the left don't want us to get... Why don't they want us to get this information out? Because they know it's true. Understand something, understand something uh, folks. The same people that were reigning anarchy in the streets of America found a way to thwart the election in those Democrat-controlled liberal cities of Philadelphia, Atlanta, uh, in uh, in Milwaukee, in Detroit, in uh, these other states. They actually had people coming in from California working in Arizona polling. I'm like, how does that happen? In Ohio, you can't even work from one county to the next. The lax election laws in these states allowed for this kind of recklessness that go on in our electioneering. You and I sitting here, we cast one vote for one man, one woman, and then we watch fraud take place, and I know it's frustrating to you, and you've been praying, and you feel, and you watch the news, you feel depressed. But we're here to give you hope today, because there is a constitutional process that will play out. And you know that's what you need to hold to. Think about it. 
The ancients did not live, leave us abandoned. They left us with a constitution. Our founding fathers left us with the framework because they knew that these corruptions, this kind of evil prevailed in the world, and they knew and they fought against tyranny, and they knew that it was important to have balances and checks and balances of power so that tyranny would not reign on the people of the United States of America again. They left us this wonderful Constitution, but it's only in effect if you and I will force the issue. You know, election officials... The elected officials only have as much courage as we support them in. We must support those who are taking a stand, and I'll be honest with you, we much must shame those who compromise liberty, who sell us out. We must take a stand for righteousness. This is what the Bible would encourage us to do. You know, evil only prevails when good men do nothing. Well, we're doing something here at the Ohio Christian Alliance and Christian Alliance of America we're taking a stand, and we're joining with our fellow patriots in other states. There'll be a rally in Washington, D.C. on December the 12th. Some of you will be going down for that. Uh, there'll be other gatherings, even here in Ohio. You need to go and take a stand against election fraud and voter fraud. You need to call your state representatives and let them know of your concerns about voter integrity. Even though here in Ohio we had a seamlessly pretty good election, but we're looking into some things that may have happened in Franklin County, which is all but run by Democrats, one-party rule right now. When you have that, you need to shine a light on it. You know, Pastor Al saw a report today. One-third of Democrats nationwide believe that voter fraud took place in this national election. One-third of Democrats, not supporters of Donald Trump, one-third of Democrats. Some of them were supporters of Donald Trump. In fact, there are a lot of Democrats that supported Donald Trump, but one-third of them believe that the election was stolen. Your thoughts? I, I saw that report as well. And in fact, if I remember correctly, it said that about a quarter of Democrats thought it was very likely, didn't just think that it happened, but that it was very likely that there was fraud. And uh, yes, it, you know, these things need to be exposed. And certainly as patriots, as Christians, as Christian patriots, Yes. It is our duty to stand up to evil and to expose it when we have the opportunity. Hopefully, those then that see this happening will be encouraged, and those that would plan on doing such things in the future would be discouraged. That's what my prayer is. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Al, for coming on the program with me today. You know, and our state motto is, with God, all things are possible, coming right from Amen. the Scriptures as Jesus told the disciples. And folks, that's what we need to stand upon, is that God is with us, but we need to take bold action. We need to stand. We need to pray. Stand in the gap. And don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. Stand firm. We're going to see this thing through. And the election is not over. Watch the constitutional process play out. Pastor Al, thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, Chris. God bless. Thank you. And then, folks, stand by. Our good friend Bill Fetter will be coming on the program here uh, after the break, and we'll be talking about the D-Day Prayer Project, give you an update about that, the great news there. And then also uh, Bill's going to be talking about the, the faith of FDR and during the war years how prayer played a key role. Stand by. We'll be right back.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Okay, we're back, and uh, we're glad that you're continuing with us. We're going to have our good friend Bill Fetter, author and historian, uh, talking about the importance of prayer during the war years of FDR and uh, World War II. But we have some exciting news to share with you. If you've not heard already, a major grant has been secured that will finalize the addition of FDR's D-Day prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., the Ohio Christian Alliance and the Christian Alliance of America have been working on this project since 2011. The Lord gave us an idea to present this idea to members of Congress here in Ohio. It started with uh, uh, Congressman Bill Johnson, uh, then Senator Rob Foreman uh, wanted to be our Senate sponsor, and uh, it worked its way uh, through Congress. And on June 30, 2014, it was signed into law after it was passed uh, by unanimous consent in the U.S. Senate and then concurred on by the House of Representatives, and then President Obama uh, signed it quietly on June 30th, 2014. Uh, first, his administration opposed the effort, but the outcry and the overwhelming support uh, that they received, uh, he then re relented and signed the bill into law as members of Congress on both sides of the aisle, saw the importance of adding this wonderful historical presidential prayer. And we'd like to thank the endowment, uh, this is be the Lilly Endowment Incorporated that gave the $2 million grant for the final funding for the project. Uh, there's still uh, other expenses, of course, and your contributions that were made along the way helped to make this uh, possible. The cost of the overall project was between 2 and $3 million, but now we're into the final phase of design and development, and then, of course, construction phase, and they're projecting a groundbreaking 
uh, a dedication of June of 2022, June 6th of 2022. And so that will be a great opportunity uh, to come down to Washington and join with us. With me on the phone is our good friend, Bill Federer. Bill, welcome to the program. Chris, great to be with you. Well, it's good to be with you, my friend. And, of course, you know, it was uh, part of your inspiration reading the Daily American Minute uh, some years ago. And I was reading on June 6th of that year the D-Day prayer uh, and the wonderful historical uh, literature you put out each day in the American Minute. And I'm reading this, and then I Googled it, uh, searched it, and then, of course, here comes the audio of FDR when he actually, his voice as he prayed with the nation uh, on the day of the D-Day landings. It was actually that evening, and uh, it was estimated that 100 million uh, people worldwide heard him uh, pray that prayer, and then, of course, that's how he announced to the nation and to the free world that the liberation of Europe was underway. Of course, we've been working all these years, one, to get the legislation passed in Congress, and then, of course, it was stipulated that it would not be paid for by tax dollars but by private donations. And then donations came in from around the country. You and I worked the airwaves and did on radio shows and all and uh, small donations came in from across the country in multiple states of uh, family of veterans and veterans themselves or, or little contributions in, in the honor of a veteran that served in World War II, one of the 16 million Americans that served us in World War II. We presented our check to the friends down in Washington. They also, we directed them to websites, the D-Day Prayer Project website, and also the World War II Memorial um, a website in but we weren't able to really get over the hump. We were still had this mountain of like $2 million. That's a lot of money. We're thinking, well, um, you know, people say, well, that's not a lot of money. Well, it is and it isn't. It just depends, right? So, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't, we weren't able to break through, and it took a lot of dedication and a lot of um, um, sticking with it, right, that we saw this thing through. And then finally, even the friends were coming up empty. They were going to some of the national Christian companies who are, uh, would have easily be able to make a large contribution, and they were turned down. And as we were turned down, uh, we were able to get smaller donations, but, uh, you know, here in Ohio, and we presented that to the friends and uh, continued to use it for the education of the process. But we still weren't able to secure that uh, funding that would actually get it in going. And so we were so happy for the Lilly Endowment, and which, by the way, the stated purpose of their endowment is to uh, to spread uh, religious expression and uh, religious liberty. So it uh, pairs up well with that. And so we're going to be down there in uh, June of 2022, and we'll have a wonderful time of uh, dedication, and uh, that will be a great moment. Your thoughts? Well, you know, when Moses had put the plea out to build the tabernacle in the wilderness— and said, whoever's heart is moved upon, and people would bring cloth and jewels and gold. And it was this attitude that I want to be a part of something that's going to honor God. And whether it's small or not, you get to, before the Lord, say, I had a piece of having God acknowledged right there in the capital. Millions of people will see this. Uh, as they already are, the World War II Memorial. But as you mentioned, God is not mentioned once there. And so this is a tremendous addition. And I just want to continue to put out the plea uh, that large or small, anyone in the listening audience, uh, be a part of this great endeavor to add 
the prayer, the D-Day prayer in our nation's capital in a very, very prominent place. Uh, what a great um, heritage to pass along uh, to future generations, especially at a time when faith is threatened. That's right. And you can go to that website, ddayprayerproject.org. Again, that's ddayprayerproject.org. You know, Bill, also we've had for the last 15 months a temporary prayer plaque. We were telling the senator, we said, Senator, people are coming and visiting Washington and looking at the Circle of Remembrance area that's undeveloped right now. And I said, can't we put a sign there that says future site of? He said, well, I think we could do one better than that. Why don't we put a, a plaque of the prayer itself? So that's what we dedicated uh, last June, and it's been there for 15 months. So it was only supposed to be there for a few months, like 90 days, but the Senator Portman got an extension. So it was there up until this month, and of course then we got, at the same time, we got the news that the full prayer will be added, and it's so great. Now, of course, we've got our educational program. We want to tell the country about this, and I'm going to be having um, tours planned with... Uh, uh, Bill Fetter will be coming, and we'll be doing some tours around Washington. We'll also have Dave Barton, some other historians that will join us in Washington, uh, not only at the World War II Memorial, but other historical sites and, uh, of course, our military uh, uh, sites of, uh, for our veterans. And it will be a wonderful time. So we're going to start an education program. And what is so needed? What have we seen over the last year where we saw the degeneration or denigration of our nation and of our its history? when we have such a beautiful history and a wonderful country, and yet we have enemies of our country that try to uh, paint America in a very dark uh, and sinister way. Folks, we are not about that. We are about telling the great story of America and to tell about how God has had his hand on this country throughout its history. Perfect? Not at all. But a, a, just like you and I aren't perfect, God loves us anyways. He knows our sins but he loves us anyways, and he says, come up higher and walk walk, uh, walk before me. And as a nation, as a, as a nation, we have strove to do that as well. And what do people do? They look around the world, and they look to the Golden Gate of America. They look at the Statue of Liberty when they come to this country because it's liberty. They're coming from places of tyranny and of death and the shadow of, of, uh, of death in many of these countries. They come to America for freedom. But you know, Bill, that, that freedom's under assault right now. It's under threat, isn't it? Well, it is. And it's interesting that Franklin Roosevelt, uh, years ago, I put together a book. It's called The Faith of FDR. I just thought it would be interesting. Here is the most well-known Democrat president. He was in office 12 years. He got elected president four times. Now, after that, they passed the 22nd Amendment, limiting a president to two terms. But he made this significant impact, and I thought, well, what was his faith? Well, he was born and raised Episcopalian, and uh, he uh, his dad died when he was young, and he went to a boarding school, and he had a, a professor, uh, Peabody, who was a Christian. And But he says things like this in Madison Square Garden, 1940, we guard against the forces of anti-Christian aggression which may attack us from without, and forces of ignorance and fear, which may corrupt us from within. So he's talking about anti-Christian aggression. Well, we're facing that today. And then in an address, May 27th, 1941, Franklin Roosevelt said, the whole world is divided between pagan brutality and the Christian ideal. We choose human freedom 
which is the Christian ideal. And then uh, another place, he says um, that uh, churches and government can work hand in hand. Government can ask churches to stress the uh, responsibilities, Gentile and Jewish, the right to worship God in our own way. Uh, another quote, 1942, State of the Union, FDR said, the, whole, the world is too small for both Hitler and God. Nazis have announced their plan of enforcing their pagan religion all over the world, by which the Holy Bible and the cross of mercy would be displaced by Mein Kampf and the swastika. So he understood that this conflict between a country that believes in God and the Nazis that did not, um, that this was a worldwide conflict. And yet we're seeing that today. And you see totalitarian countries and Islamist countries uh, wanting to banish the Christian faith, uh, Africa and so forth. And so here we are facing some of the same things, and we need to remind ourselves of the Christian faith that has been so prominent in our country. Well, that's right. And every December, on December 7th, is Pearl Harbor Day. We remember when America was uh, rudely woken up with the attack on Pearl Harbor of our uh, Pacific fleet and the bombing by the Japanese. And that woke up a sleeping giant. Uh, that's what the uh, Ad- Admiral said of the Japanese forces, that I fear that we have awoken a terrible uh, uh, giant and filled him with a resolve. And, of course, that's what happened when America entered the war. But President Roosevelt knew that Americans were reluctant to get involved with a world war to help Europe. Uh, they had already they'd soured on the experience of World War I, they thought, why are we going overseas? But the threat was real to America and to the world. And then, of course, when Pearl Harbor happened, it ushered us into the war. And, you know, Bill, you and I have had the privilege of talking to these veterans over the years and talking about how that was a moment for them of true patriotism. The next day they went down to the recruiting office, signed up to uh, serve our country in the armed forces. My dad was one of them. I think your father served in uh, the war as well. And so we, we know these patriots because we we lived with them. Uh, my dad passed on uh, six years ago, but uh, his memory leave, lives on. And, you know, the addition of this prayer, of FDR's D-Day prayer, was not just about the D-Day landings. It was about all those uh, troops that were serving on battlefields around the world. You can actually hear in his voice. Uh, when he writes this prayer, and there's a handwritten prayer, by the way, a speechwriter didn't write this prayer for him. He handwrote this prayer, and you can tell that he was cognizant of all the troops who were fighting on battlefields all over the world, some of which would never come home. And uh, it was a wonderful prayer. It moves so many. It will be a wonderful tribute to the 16 million Americans that served us in World War uh, Two, and it will be a lasting tribute, actually, to all of our veterans. You know, I'm reading here from the prayer, it says, Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And of course, he was thinking about those languishing away in concentration camps in Europe, and our boys were able to liberate the concentration camps to their uh, you know, to their uh, they were aghast at what they saw of what man in his evil state, can do to man. And that, folks, we never want to see again. Well, what do we need to do? We need to fight for liberty, not just sit 
uh, on our backsides. We need to get involved. And right now, our republic, this wonderful free republic that we have, this representative republic, is under assault by fraud. So we have examples in the past, and that's why we take a look at what was in, in history so that we can see the hand of God moving upon our nation and that he's not forsaken us, he's not abandoned us, he's with us, isn't he, Bill? Oh, he is. You know, some people may not be aware, but the week of December 7th, beginning on December 8th through the 14th, 1941, President Roosevelt had proclaimed it National Bible Week. And they had the Bible read over the airwaves uh, on the the first day, it was on NBC radio. They're reading the Bible, and they had to interrupt it to report that uh, Imperial Japan had attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt uh, wrote, The words I heard over the telephone were quite sufficient to tell me that finally the blow had fallen and we've been attacked. Attacked in the Philippines, Hawaii, and threatened in San Francisco. And, um, you know, you look at the number of countries that fell uh, prior to America getting into the war, and it's quite astounding. Um, it's dozens and dozens and dozens, uh, and especially after, uh, you know, Japan had allied with uh, Germany, the Nazis. So Japan had invaded Russia. Uh, Japan had invaded China. Uh, Japan had uh, controlled uh, countries all across the Pacific and invaded the Philippines. And then the the Nazis, uh, together with uh, the Socialist Party in um, other countries, and then uh, in Italy with Mussolini, uh, they conquered uh, or, or controlled these countries. Ethiopia, Austria, Czechoslovakia, uh, they invaded and attacked the Soviet Union. Uh, and Poland and and all these countries and so FDR, uh, even though he had promised to try to keep America out of the war, um, these countries were falling in the Pacific and Europe year after year, another, 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 dozens of them, and then Britain is panicking, and Winston Churchill gives his uh, famous address, saying that the fate of Christian civilization is you know hanging. Uh, in the balance. And uh, and so then uh, we uh, have Pearl Harbor attacked December 7th, and we enter the war. Um, there were 350 Japanese aircraft that sank five American battleships and three destroyers. 400 U.S. Uh, aircraft were destroyed and um, thousands killed. And so this was a, a mobilizing of the country. And uh, another quote from uh, the um, President Franklin Roosevelt, uh, he talks about uh, the fate of um, the, the Christian faith. And he says, I doubt if there is any problem in the world that would not find happy solution if we approached it in the spirit of the Sermon on the Mount, in conformity with the teachings of him who is the way, the light, and the truth. And uh, and then um, the entire country is working all year round, 365 days, except Christmas. And uh, Franklin Roosevelt said, we will celebrate this Christmas Day in our traditional American way, 
because the teachings of Christ are fundamental in our lives, because we want our youngest generation knowing the story of the coming of the immortal Prince of Peace. Amen. And um, just tremendous acknowledgments of faith. And uh, it's, again, all in the book, The Faith of FDR. And uh, But I appreciate you, uh, Chris, for putting this opportunity before the public that they can be a part of passing this faith on so our future generations can know the story of the coming of the immortal Prince of Peace, that we can uh, have God acknowledged in this D-Day prayer in Washington, D.C. Amen. And folks, you can make a contribution at ddayprayerproject.org. Again, that's ddayprayerproject.org, and be part of this, adding that prayer in Washington, and then join us in Washington for its dedication. And it would be a wonderful time as we read the prayer aloud. We've already done that with the temporary prayer plaque over the last 15 months. Groups of people and veterans have come and read the prayer aloud. It's a great experience. And I also want to say to you right now, if you're listening, uh, call our number uh, right now. If you're the third caller, we'll get you out a book of bills. Uh, we want to send that out to you. The number is 330-887-1922. Again, number three caller and number five caller. If you'll call right now, uh, we'll make sure that you get one of Bill's books and give us your information. If you get the recorder, just leave your name and address, and we'll send you out one of Bill's books. Uh, Bill, uh, you have a new book, too, of, on socialism that's really taken off. And, of course, what we've seen is the threat of socialism, uh, really communism, here in our country. And young people seem to be glomming on to this socialistic idea, but they have no idea what the ramifications can be. The, ter- the terrible experiences that are happening in Venezuela, a socialistic state, many are saying that America is heading that way if we don't do something. Your thoughts on that? Right. Well, people forget Hitler was the head of the National Socialist Workers' Party. And then Stalin was the head of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. These are both totalitarian countries. Even Franklin Roosevelt said the Soviet Union is run as a dictatorship, as absolute as any dictatorship in the world. So here's the Soviet Union, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. It's socialist. But FDR calls it a dictatorship. Now, what's the difference between the USSR and the Nazis? The Nazis were socialist, but they believed the Aryan race was superior. So they had a nationalistic um, socialism. Uh, The Soviet Union, they wanted to turn theirs into a global movement, and they were happy to use any race (laughs) to take over the world. And their uh, tactic was to go go into countries, identify groups with grievances, and stir them up to riot and bring division from the inside. And whether it was uh, the proletariat versus the bourgeois, the working class versus the business owners, whether it's racial, ethnic, economic, religious, they really didn't care. They would break the the people into victims and oppressors, haves and have-nots. And then they would have these protests that they would escalate into riots and violence and smashing windows. And then they would co-opt the media with bribes and threats to blame the leader of the country for all the problems. And they would even do psychological operations like Operation Mockingbird, right? Uh, Things where 
they would release false polling data into a country to show the popular leader as unpopular. So when they would do a coup or rigged election, nobody would fight it. And so when the country got panicky enough, they would uh, nurture weak links in the military. And then they would have an excuse for the military to come in, put the leader under house arrest and swap out the leader for a Soviet puppet. Forty five countries fell to communism this way um, during the Cold War. And uh, Truman does nothing. He thinks the United Nations he helped form would bring world peace. Eisenhower is the next president. And he has the CIA uh, do Operation Ajax, the first operation to overthrow a country's leader. And it's in Iran, 1953. Um, And so we do all these tactics. uh, And so this goes on for 50 years during the Cold War. And uh, under the previous president, it seems like some of these agencies in the government that had been doing these things overseas to try to protect America's interests, they've sort of been co-opted politically to be used on our own soil for their political party. But, um, and FDR talks about some of this. He says, we, this is a speech by FDR uh, in 1940, May 16th. We have seen the treacherous use of the fifth column by which persons supposed to be peaceful visitors were actually part of an enemy unit of occupation. Uh, he says in 1940, December 29th, their secret emissaries are active in our own and our neighboring countries. They seek to stir up dissension, to cause internal strife. They try to turn capital against labor and vice versa. Uh, he says they try to reawaken long slumbering racial and religious enmities. Uh, these trouble breeders have but one purpose to divide our people into hostile groups and to destroy our unity and shatter our will to defend ourselves. So here's FDR calling out these tactics way back in 1940, and we're just seeing them being used again today. That's right. History is repeating itself, folks. And that's why it's important for us to stay informed, to stay educated. TheAmericanMinute.com, Bill Fetter's works, all of his books are there. And uh, there's also free resources. And then you can get the American Minute each day in your inbox And it's a wonderful way to be educated on a daily basis. In fact, folks, remember, the D-Day Prayer Project was birthed by the American Minute uh, email. So it has uh, wonderful staying power. Uh, So, again, that's AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. And then, again, if you'd like to make a contribution to help us stay on the air, we'll send you out one of Bill's books as well. You can make that contribution on our website. Just indicate when you do a a contribution of any size, we'll send you out one of Bill's books. Bill, thanks for being my guest today. Well, thank you, Chris. And and just like Moses put out the call for people to build that tabernacle, those calls going out for God to be acknowledged and for people to give. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. And we'll be having you back on the program as we plan our tours in Washington. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org or just search on the Internet, Ohio Christian Alliance. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.